Hey folks, I'm here with a good friend of mine, Juan. Juan and I have been friends for almost 17 years now. And Juan and I have been in the customer service field for quite some time. Juan, are you there? I am. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, sir. Thanks for joining me here and um, taking the time to talk about customer service. So introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Well, my name is Juan, and I have been uh, working in customer service since uh, dating back to 1992, when I used to work for a product service company. Um, in, in, since then, I've been in the field in many different incarnations from uh, training to call center industry to the hospitality industry. Right now, I am in a role where I, uh, I teach, I, I bring in onboard trainers to be trainers within a corporate environment. That's what I do now. Yeah, you stole a little bit of my thunder. I was going to say, aren't you in the training industry now? <laughs> I am now. I am now. So you train the trainers who train employees. I do. Awesome. And how does that how does that work? How does how does that how's it go? Well, it begins the journey where, you know, much like any role that we fill within our corporate environments, it begins with a interview and uh and the interview includes different facets. You talk to different people. They ask you different questions. You do a presentation because we want to make sure that you're able to present in a classroom environment. And then once that's complete, you you still don't quite have the job because you still have to get through uh, my class. And my class entails everything from uh, classroom techniques to leadership to your ability to manage a classroom manage the different types of learners that you're going to have in that classroom from your visuals to auditories to kinesthetics uh, to potentially different personalities like the know-it-all, the heckler, um, the sleepy type, the uh, distant and that does not pay attention. All of that is included in that class. And then once you pass that class, then we, we give you the seal of approval that this person is ready to be a corporate trainer and we let them loose in the classroom to train our uh, prospective employees in any line of business that we may be handling at that time. Yeah, I know we've talked about that several times. You, uh, when, you, when you train, you train several different uh, industries. And I, what I want this interview to be about, this podcast segment to be about, is really about the customer service aspect of what, what you do, how you handle it, what does customer service look like to you in your day-to-day business? Because I know it's, it can be challenging. We, we've been there, you know, as supervisors, we've been there on the coaching and mentoring side. It, it can be challenging. So tell me a little bit about the, the, te- the challenges that you go through and, and how, do you, how you do things, your day-to-day routine. Well, the, the biggest challenge that we encounter in our industry is that people think that customer service is just walking up to a microphone or answering the phone and saying, thank you for calling XYZ Corporation. My name is so-and-so. And, and, and really and truly what I try to impact upon people, that customer service is much more than that. Customer service is, is, is really and truly that hug from your grandma. That feeling that you get, that you, 
that you get when your grandma greets you at the door, when she brings you into the house and offers you something to drink, something to eat, when you're, when you're being treated like a family member. And that's really and truly what customer service is all about. It's much more than just saying, thank you for calling XYZ Corporation. My name is Juan. How may I help you today? And then when the person tells you what their problem is, you give them some level of reassurance that you're going to fix the problem, whatever that problem is. And if you can't fix the problem, that you give them some options. Awesome. Awesome. That is so true. I, from my standpoint, you know, the day to day, it's interesting the levels, the different levels of customer service that I run into. And it doesn't have to be, oh, I went to this four-star restaurant and they wowed me. Or I went to this McDonald's and, you know, it's just a fast food place and they don't care about me. Which, you know, 99.99% of the time, that's what happens. But I, in 2022, we're seeing less and less of training, maybe coaching, mentoring, I'm trying to figure out, you know, where the divide is or, or how do we, how do we get forward, you know, from, especially the pandemic time when, you know, we're looking at people quitting jobs astronomically and all these industries, these companies are really struggling with retaining and, and finding good people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot to unpack. So let me begin with why people are quitting their jobs. People are not quitting their job because people generally love what they do. Generally, they love what they do. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. And if they really love it, they would do it for free. The fact that we're going to compensate them is a big bonus. What they quit is their leadership, their management, the way that they're being treated in that office. They may even quit the people that they work with because they're just not the right people. So really and truly, people aren't quitting their jobs. They're quitting the people that they work with. You know, I, that's a good point because I think you and I talked about it several times that, you know, we don't quit jobs because we hate the job. We quit jobs because of management, the way they treat us, you know, the, mm-hmm. way, they, you know, the way they try to navigate us through this company that we're trying to work for. And, and when you talk about coaching, you know, I think coaching is one of the most understated uh, abilities that an employer has in order to create success within the organization. Um, but they don't know how to do it. Um, they, don't, they don't ask the right questions. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. I could stand here and say to you as your coach, Chuck, why didn't you meet the goal? Is that the right question to ask? Absolutely. I need to know why it is that you're meeting the goal. Did I ask it the right way? Absolutely not. I still need to ask the question, why didn't you meet the goal? But perhaps something a little bit different. The question behind the question is asking a better question. Chuck, can you tell me what got in the way of meeting the goal? Right. Perfect. That is so true. And I I think over the span of air what 16 years you know of what i dealt with on the you know the 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 supervisory side that never was communicated properly and that is 
that's probably the main reason why, you know, I walked away and doing my thing because I feel that management didn't really care about me personally, but all they cared about was getting business done. They don't care how, just get it done. If you don't get it done, well, then there's going to be consequences. So get it done. Right. Right. And let me, let me tell you that the focus on the numbers as opposed to focus on the people and the coaching and development of your people is the recipe for disaster of any type of organization, any type of team. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and, and, and quote the words of the CEO of Virgin Atlantic. Okay. Mr. Branson, when he would say, I take care of my people and then my people take care of my customers. Uh-huh. And consequently, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to fly through a Virgin Atlantic uh, flight or, at, or, or a boarding lounge at any one of the airports around the world. Let me tell you, the level of service and excellence that you get from your people shows that they're happy to come to work. And, and that is what coaching is all about, developing your people, giving them the skills that they need in order to be successful. So when they wake up in the morning, they're excited to come to work as opposed to looking at themselves in the mirror and looking at themselves and saying, oh, it's you again. <laughs> you know, I, I got to say this example to you because you, you led it right into what I wanted to say. I was talking to this uh, kid and I say kid because he was probably maybe late teens, early 20s. And he was just, he, he didn't seem happy. Something was bothering him. And I said, what, what's going on? You know, what, what's, what's happening? Oh, I'm heading to work. Don't like your job, huh? Eh, not really. What don't you like about your job? What is it? They don't pay me enough. And I said, well, you know, in that industry, which was he worked for a restaurant, I said, in that industry, they only have so much money to go around. They can only pay so much. So money really can't be a problem. And yeah, he continues to go on, you know, but it is, but it is. I said, well, what if I told you I could pay you 50 cents less per hour and get you to do just to go to job, if not do a better job, you'll work harder. And you know what he said to me? I don't, I don't think so. So after 15 minutes of explaining, you know, what QAC team does, how I do things, the coaching, the mentoring, the program. He had said to me, you know, you sold me. I would do it. And from the standpoint of, I said to him, it's not about giving you more money or all these different things. If you care about your people, you give them an incentive, something to work for, and you show them you care. That goes a long way. Uh, absolutely, Chuck. And and it really boils down to exactly what you just said. People need to feel appreciated. They need to feel valued. They need to feel that when they come to work, someone is glad that they're there. Someone other than the customer. Right. Because the customer is always glad that somebody answered the phone. But who else is glad that you made it to work today? And the other thing is that when they run into a problem, people need to feel, employees need to feel that they can go to someone and say, I need help. And that someone's going to help them. 
not redirect them to another department, not redirect them to a phone number that never gets answered, not redirect them to a phone number that ends up in a voicemail. Please leave a message and we'll call you back. Right. They need to feel that someone is going to be there to help them solve their issues. And, you know, I I think you you and I are both on the same page with this. I find a lot of times, too, when you try to go to to somebody for help, they they give you that look as if they're too busy. Don't bother me. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we've seen that several times, you know, And, and that kind of gives that. That, you know, it's where people say. This company doesn't care about me. Why do I work here? If I'm bothering my manager or my supervisor or my coach, my mentor, then I don't need to be here. And I think that starts the trend of the why the people quit. What do you think? Uh, absolutely. And, and it's that moment where the employee walks up to the manager for help. And the entire scene that plays out ends up saying this. Can't you see that I'm busy doing nothing? Yeah, you know, how many times we felt that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I've been on the end of that several times in my career where I'm busy doing things. I got a meeting coming up or I got a scheduled coaching with a rep or some fire to put out. And they come to your desk and you look at them like, not another fire, not another issue. But then you smile, you know, and you you try to get through it to say, look, I got you. I'm going to help you, you know. But you, you know what, Chuck, that, that really boils down to the time management skills of that particular manager or leader. Because if somebody comes to me five minutes before I have a meeting with my boss, um, I'm probably not going to tell my boss, look, I'm busy. But I will tell that particular, look, I'm about to go into a meeting with my boss. Can I, can I see you the moment I get out? I'm going to be gone for 30 minutes. Uh, at 9.35, when I get back to my desk, I'm going to come get you and help you with this. Is that okay? You're, you're doing a couple of things here. And this is what really people want, Chuck. They, they want to be acknowledged. Number one, you're acknowledging my problem. Number two, you're telling me that there's other things that came before me that need your attention. You can't just say no to your boss, not show up at a meeting. And number three, you're saying, I'm going to come see you when I'm done. Is that okay? Right. Set, set the expectation of that. You're not going on deaf ears. I'm here for you, you know. And that kind of spins me to my next kind of scenario, you know. As of right now, I think, you know, I've said to you several times, right now I'm really focused on the restaurant industry because they're the hardest hit with this pandemic. And there have been thousands of restaurants going out of business from the pandemic. They just can't survive. So now that we have some some yeah, some kind of normalcy going now with the pandemic's kind of behind us, you know, it's not as big as a threat as it was. And I really want to get inside these places and help them avoid that turnover because turnover costs so much money for these, you know, one and two and five chain restaurants that spending that money to rehire, train, and put someone on the floor really cost them a lot of money. And that's where I come in. I want to help that restaurant save that money so we can coach and mentor and train the employees they have, keep them happy, so they'll stay there longer. So they'll want to stay there and do a good job. 
And and you know what? You're keying in on something very important that I think, um, you know, having traveled as much as I travel with all the roles that I've had with different companies, I've traveled from, you know, north, south, east, and west, Europe, Asia. And here's what I'm really going to say on the final well on, on, rest, on restaurants. No level of bad service can ever excuse a bad an experience for a customer. That is so true. And, you know, I, I look at that, too, from the time I pull in the parking lot to the time I leave. You know, I'm 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 looking at it from I touch that door. What's the glass look like? How was the host or hostess presented? How did they talk to me? The food? the ambiance, the cleanliness, the timing, it's, it's a lot involved. And, and I agree with you, nothing excuses poor service. And, and I'll go further and tell you this, Chuck, I say, and, and this is myself speaking, I can tell, and I can speak for a lot of people here. I think, you know, poor food quality can be overlooked if you have an excellent server. But a poor server cannot make up for great food. That is very well said. Very well said. And I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people feel that way because even though the food isn't really up to par or it's a hamburger, but it really wasn't stellar. Mm -hmm. But my server was the bomb. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I could leave there going, well, the food was okay. I'll come back because my server took care of me. My server made sure that my time in this restaurant was wanted and welcomed, you know? And, and, and you know what, Chuck, I'll give you an example of, of two crab cake restaurants here in the Baltimore area that are right behind the airport. And they are in competition, just like, you know, the cheesesteaks folks up in Philadelphia. One restaurant has by far the better crab cakes but their service is horrible horrible i've been there many times and it is horrible the other one the crab cakes are okay they're pretty good um you know i wouldn't print about it in the front page of the new york times but they're pretty good but the service that i get there whenever i go there and that's why i go there is superb right right sounds like that restaurant needs to hear from me to um, get my service on board to help them. What do you think? I'll give you the name when we're done. Yeah, I would, I would love that. <laughs> I, um, I, I had a, a customer just last night. I've got the name and the number of this restaurant in, um, in Bryn Mawr, Philadelphia, the Philadelphia area, Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Okay. And um, I looked at the website, looked at, you know, this is one specialty that I like about what I do with my company is I look at your website and I go over what you're about. What am I going to experience when I come to your restaurant? And when I come in there, if I don't experience what you say I'm going to experience on your website, there's a disconnect, you know? And I think the owner needs to know that is like, let's work together because if this is what you are are wanting your customers to experience, but we're not, let's get you there. Absolutely. Because you know what, if your employees don't know what your mission statement is, how do you expect them to deliver on it? That is, 
that's that's key because you, you said it perfect. If again, it goes back to to training, right? As you do it every day, if your people don't know what your mission is, what you're going to accomplish when you these people are with you, they're never going to hit the target, you know? Right. Yeah. Because you know what? Most customers don't walk into a restaurant with a checklist of the expectations. They just walk in there to have dinner with a friend or maybe their significant other or their family. And the experience, the ambiance that our servers create is all about understanding what the mission statement of that restaurant is, just like a call center. Our customers don't come in with a QA checklist on did they greet me properly, were they helpful, did they smile, did they empathetic. They just are looking for somebody to create an experience from the moment that they answer that phone to the moment that they ask that question. Well, I'm, mean, glad, I'm glad you said that because that leads right into my thought process was, yeah, that's exactly what, I do what people work for me do. They go in, they're looking for those wow moments. They're looking for that. How is this restaurant going to treat me? You know, what makes you different from the rest of the people that I have on my list to go have dinner with tonight? See, and I, I was just about to, to say that to you. And, th and this is a good personal question to you is, what makes you choose a specific restaurant? Do you just drive around and say, I'm hungry, let me go, oh, here's a pizza place, let me just dive in there. I mean, we have Google, right? With people check, you know, the Google ratings now, they look at um, what feedback they're seeing on the websites, but it still doesn't give you an overall picture of what you're going to experience, right? I mean, you could be, you could have five stars on Google, but you could walk in and have a, tar a, a terrible experience, right? Horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, what I, I, that's something I'd like to know is what makes people pick a specific restaurant that they go to? You know, why did you pick that burger place? Well, for me is it, a lot of times is value. Am I getting value for my money? Well, what I'm paying for, you know, there's uh, some burger chains here that charge $20, $25 for a burger, shakes and fries. And I can get the same thing through a drive through. Okay, so that I don't feel I get value sometimes with that. But at the end of the day, it really it really brings me back to what I said about my grandmother experience. Yes. Do I feel that I walked into your establishment and that did I get a hug? The virtual hug, not proverbial. I mean, sometimes depending on the ownership, you know, the owner may come out and give you a hug and thank you for coming to the restaurant. But did I feel like I get that I got that hug? Now, do reviews in Yelp play a, a role? Yeah, but you know what? Here's here's what I'm going to tell you. I look at those uh, very much like they do at the Olympics in figure skating. You throw out the highest score, you throw out the lowest score, and whatever's in the middle is what I kind of look at right. when it comes to ratings. Right. So you're you're leaning you're leaning towards to say Chuck's service is perfect for businesses like restaurants, so they can get a a nice snapshot of how their business is really running, right? Yeah, because you're looking in from the outside. You are, you are standing outside as an invisible person, and you're looking into the operation with very objective eyes as to what is happening here. Are you delivering on the mission statement, whatever that mission statement happens to be to our customers? Right. And you know what I like about secret shopping is, 
it gives you that it's not your it's not about the shopper's opinion of what they experienced you're getting actual factual data of what happened and at the end of the report you get you know would you return to this location yes or no why and that is where their personal preference comes in where they can tell that owner what they personally experienced and why they would or would not return. And Chuck, I will tell you that in, in, even in my industry, as we are evaluating employees, but more so in the restaurant industry, people confuse the word observation with opinion, right? They are two very different words. I observed this, this, and this. My opinion of this candidate is this. Same thing in the restaurant. I observed this, this, and this from my server. My opinion of this restaurant is this. They're two very different things. Uh, one of them leans towards more the, of the subjective, while the, one, the other one leads to more objective. So true. And I think a lot of these reviews you look at online, especially through Yelp and Google, what happens is people, you know, if I go to a restaurant and I have a bad night, kids give me a fit and my food's not the greatest, I'm going to really bash this restaurant because now my opinion kind of fell because of how I felt. And mm -hmm. I think that's a, a huge, you know, miss here with these reviews is because you're not really getting what this restaurant or this location is really about because you're just hearing people whine most of the time or, you know, what if your service is, you know, mediocre, but yet you said you had a great time because the hostess smiled the whole time, you know, with secret shopping, man, you really get that, that person comes in undercover. They are that factual person that gives you exactly what happened. You don't get that mixed feeling in it until the end of the report when they tell you what is your opinion? Why would you would why or why not would you return to this location? And I think that's critical to always leave the opinion until the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> and I, I think um, one thing I want to hit on here, I, I did some test shops prior to QAC when I was running Constant Change Consulting. I went to a, um, a chain restaurant where they wanted me to look at their bar and I had my spy glasses on and they looked at that video and they, they were just blown away because they saw the actual video of how that bartender dealt with that entire bar, every customer pouring the drinks, what they threw away, how they made them over pour everything else. And it was, it was, it was great because, you know, video, you, it doesn't lie, right? Unless we edit it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you have video proof and the video does not lie. As you said, unless you do selective editing, okay. the video is the video, it's the video. Who hasn't seen that on Facebook or TikTok or, you know, when, when people misbehave and they post it and it goes viral. Exactly. Yep. Final words, Juan. What you want to add, man? Tell me. 
Well, the final word here is, as I mentioned before at the opening of our thing, customer service is, some, is something that has to go beyond, you know, thank you for visiting, calling XYZ Corporation. My name is so-and-so. How may I help you today? It has to, you have to create that grandmother experience, that feeling that you got when you went to visit grandma. Because you know what? If you haven't had that feeling, I am so sorry, but I totally experienced that feeling when I went to visit grandma. The door opened, there were smiles, there was happiness, there was joy. That is the kind of environment that we want to create for our customers. And I'm going to go further. Our employees, uh, again, Virgin Atlantic, I'm going to use that example. If you create that environment where you take care of your employees, your employees in turn are going to feel comfortable, they're going to feel needed, they're going to feel appreciated. They will take care of your customer. That is so true, man. And to tie into that if we take care of our employees we incentivize them to say look you're doing a great job you're going to get rewarded because so many times we look at the negatives we don't look at the people who are doing a good job because we feel like well they're doing good so i gotta mess with them i don't need to worry about them because they're doing a good job already no they're the ones that you need to really retain because they're the ones who will leave Absolutely. Yeah. Juan, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Good conversation. I like your, your take on customer service. Let's get together soon and um, talk some more. Absolutely. Good talk. Right. Yes, sir. Right. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate Have it. Have a great day. Bye. See you, buddy.